All right, guys, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> we will probably be in Hebrews for a while, so just hang in there. But again, there's a, a lot of different uh, thoughts and themes that we'll hit. So I think if you will submit yourself to the Lord, he will definitely speak and encourage and challenge you today. The thought or the main idea of the message today is so simple, and it is encourage each other today. Encourage each other today. So let's look together in the book of Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to actually start down in verse 7 and go through verse 19. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 19. The Word of God says this, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation. And I said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And today we're going to see that one of the greatest efforts that will keep us close to Christ is our desire to encourage each other. Okay? And what I want you to think about today, and Michael's already even given a prayer request this way today, what can you do to encourage a brother or a sister this week in Christ? So as we make our way through this passage, would you be thinking about that and praying about that? Lord, open my eyes today. What is it that I need to do to be an encouragement to a brother or sister in Christ today? I thought this was pretty good to kind of think about encouragement. This is from Mary Cooper. She says, one of my preschool students had a habit of patting me on the seat of my pants. <laughs> I tried several things to make him stop, but nothing worked. Finally, I resorted to a timeout chair. Later, when his father came to pick him up, I quietly mentioned the problem, asking whether he had any insight on the situation. While smiling, the father explained his son's fascination with football and his curiosity as to why the players spanked each other. I told my son that they were telling each other what a good job they were doing. It seems the same applied to me. <laughs> good job, teacher. What are you doing? Right? We do need to encourage each other, but we may need to be careful how we encourage each other. Amen? And even prayerfully, we need to do that as well, right? 
Let's look together. First part of the message today is a very simple, do not harden your hearts. Lord, help us not to harden our hearts. So let's look again in the NIV, verse 7 through 11, and verse 12. Verse 7 says, so as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. Where your fathers tested and tried me, and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Um, some think it may have been Paul. There's some things that make it not sound like Paul. Some even have suggested Priscilla was the author of Hebrews. But what I would have you know today is that the Hebrews were going through a lot of testing. Does that sound familiar to anybody in this room? <laughs> right? I think we can identify with that today. I don't know the level of persecution, but definitely a level of testing. And that's why the author of Hebrews hits over and over to them with a warning. Be careful. Pay attention. And it is easy. Even as Michael shared today, we think about the mundane. Sometimes it can get mundane, can it? And our walk with the Lord even can feel a little mundane. And so the reminder here from the author of Hebrews is, hey, look, don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. And so he gives to us this example, and he's going to refer to it throughout this passage of the Israelites in the wilderness. So if you want to, you can turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17, and we're going to read through this passage that reminds us what it was and what was going on there. One of the examples of God's people hardening their own hearts. Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. And the word of God says this, So the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. And they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. And they said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered, Go out in front of the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff which you struck the Nile and go, and I will stand there before you by the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Do you hear the people complaining? Now, what I want you to think a little bit about today, this reminder, um, we can be pretty hard on the Israelites, can't we? Good night, right? They saw the plagues. They saw the death angel pass over. They saw the firstborn of all the Egyptians pass away. They saw the cloud by day and the fire by night. They actually walked over the Red Sea on dry ground, right? And they're going to end up in the wilderness where God's actually going to provide them every day with what they need. 
And here is one day, and they're thirsty. And they start whining and complaining. Do we ever get like that? <laughs> oh, I can't believe this. Why is work going like it is? This is ridiculous, right? Oh, my neighbor, can you believe that what they did? When will they ever take down those Christmas lights? Right? My spouse, how many times have I told her or how many times have I said to him, Meribah and Masa, whine and complain. And what happens over a time of whining and complaining? This is where you got to be careful. Your heart can get hard. Amen. Marriage is a real easy example of that, isn't it, right? If you let something creep in and somebody did you wrong, your spouse did, and you get upset with them and frustrated with them, you can hold on to that thing. You might say that, oh, they're forgiven or whatever, but then you bring it up and you bring it up again. You bring it up in 10 years and you bring it up in 15 years. And it can drive a wedge between two people because your heart gets hard. And God saw that here with his people, that their heart was getting hardened. And it was because of that complaining and they were not looking for what they could be thankful for. How about you today? Anybody got anything to be thankful for? <laughs> right? Wow. In all the hurt and all the pain and all the mundane and all the struggle, you guys, we are so blessed. And I think one of the things that will help us from getting that hard heart is to remind ourselves of God's blessing in our life. And I would challenge you even this morning, as you think about how you're going to encourage someone else, think about God, how he has already encouraged you. So again, the writer of Hebrews says, if you hear the Spirit's voice, heed it today. Heed it today. Again, what really has helped me, one of my things from going to India that I was just amazed with, it's such a simple thing. And I know it's not just in India, it's in all kinds of believers everywhere. But it seemed like everywhere I went with Pastor ID or everywhere I went with Sindhu, they were always praying. And it wasn't like this long, glorious prayer. It was like, we're about to do this. Lord, help us with this. We're about to do that. Lord, help us with that. And so what I've been trying to do more, so much more in this last year is that there are opportunities when someone says, oh, I'm really struggling with this. Instead of me just saying, oh, I'll pray for you. I try to pray for them. Right then and there on the spot, out loud, asking God, if you hear the Spirit's voice, heed him today. Don't wait. Because as you wait, that's when the, the sin can creep in and that's when your heart can get hard. Don't let your heart become calloused. It definitely can get calloused, right? You can get used to church. You can get used to the ritual of worship or the ritual of prayer or the ritual of reading your Bible. Don't let these things become worthless rituals. Make the most of every moment to grow closer to Christ. So one challenge for you today is are you fresh for the Lord today? How did worship go for you so far today? When you came in to, uh, if you were here for Sunday school this morning, you came in, were you, were you ready? Did you come ready? Or did you just show up? When you came in here to God's sanctuary this morning and we sang songs that you've sang probably at least 100 times, your preachers probably sang some of them like 500 times. <laughs> 
Are you fresh? I mean, you're going to think this is silly, but when you do this for a while, it's just easy to get stuck on autopilot. Have you ever driven to work or to the grocery store or to your house and you don't even remember how you got there? Right? We can do that spiritually too, can't we? We can be on complete autopilot, going through all the rituals, all the motions. We know these things are good for us, and we just kind of walk through them. Or we can really be fresh and ask the Lord to break this heart, make sure it's not getting callous, make sure it's not getting hardened. Again, the children of Israel saw the miraculous. They lived totally dependent upon God, and yet they murmured and complained and tempted the Lord. And what I would have you here today, and this is important, that the sins of others should be warning to us. Have you ever seen anybody face consequences for their sins? Obviously, we, we know it in our own life too, right? But I would challenge you even today. I know sometimes we, as preachers, we really focus back on, well, look in the Bible and see what happened. But I would tell you right now, all around you, there are people who are paying for the consequences of their sins. And the reminder here today is learn the lesson. Have you seen anybody's heart grow cold and calloused and seen what it has done to them? Then really make an effort in your heart not to be the way. It's really interesting. I was talking with some friends at work a couple of weeks ago, and we were all comparing our parenting styles. And I think one of the things that we all realized is a lot of us had made a decision to parent a certain way because of a reaction to what our parents had done that we didn't like. <laughs> right? What do you think? Casey, will you parent like your parents have? Brooklyn, will you parent like your parents have? You know, that's interesting how we work like that, right? And here's the lesson here today is when you see somebody and you see the results and the consequences of their sin, let that be a warning to us. And here's what I want to really hone in on today. What was their sin? Was their sin complaining? Well, yes, but. Was their sin whining? Yes. Was their sin disobedience? Right? Yes, but you could list out all the sins, but you know what the Lord focuses on here. What does he say the sin is? It is unbelief. That's the problem. It's not really the whining. It's not really the complaining. It's not really the disobedience. The real problem is the lack of faith among God's people. You get worried and you get anxious ever? How's this going to happen? How's this going to work out? How are we going to pay Isaiah's college bill? <sighs> you guys, college is crazy expensive. Amen? <laughs> I don't know how this is going to happen. So I'm going to worry. So I'm going to work hard. Or maybe I'm going to try to figure out my finances or whatever am I going to do with this and that. I don't know the Lord can handle it. So I better take control. Is that an amen or oh me? Do you see what the sin, the sin we could say is anxiety. The sin could be worry. The sin could be a lot of things. But really, what is the real sin behind that? It's unbelief. I don't trust you, God. I don't think you can take care of it. Do you hear the Lord today? Man, if you don't hear anything else, grab hold of that. That's what the Lord's trying to tell us today. And we'll get to Hebrews chapter 11 in a few weeks, and there we'll see the opposite of unbelief, right, as it's displayed. Don't let your heart get callous. Trust the Lord. And that's what the problem was with these people. They didn't think God would provide for them, even after he had provided for them so many times.
their sin, unbelief, their question was, is God with us? They knew God existed. They knew he was creator, redeemer, but they were not putting their trust in him. Now, how does God relate to an unbelieving heart? Again, these are not my words, all right? You're reading the same text I am. God hates sin. He is so patient with sinners. He is a loving God, but in the end, he punishes sin. He will punish our sin. And those who hardened their hearts did not what? They didn't get his rest. What happened to those children of Israel when their hearts grew cold? There's only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, that were able to enter in God's rest. They're the only two that got to see God's promises who were over age 20. Because the rest of them, their hearts got cold and callous and ritual, and they wandered for 40 years. They didn't get to enter the rest. Now, what's the author of Hebrews trying to tell us today? What I'm trying to remind all of us today from my note from God's word, the most wonderful, beautiful thing that awaits any person who would reach out for it is God's rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, come, I have rest. But you got to break that calloused heart. Don't let the unbelief keep hardening that heart. The warning also to hear me this morning, this is Frigo Baptist to the core here today, all right? And I don't say I'm saying this is what the scripture is saying and then Frigo Baptists are believing this. This warning is to brothers, to sisters. This warning is to believers. All right? And we could debate back and forth about that to some degree, but the point here is very clear that it is definitely a warning, amen? And it's definitely to the church. Don't let your heart grow calloused or hard. Now, your preacher is saying that I believe this scripture here is teaching us that there's a real possibility to fall. So don't let your heart be hardened or your brother or your sister or yourself. It could keep you from entering the very rest of God. All right. Don't let your heart be hardened. First part. Second part today. Very simple. Encouragement. Anybody have heart hardening? Anybody have a hardening of the arteries? All right. What can break up a hard heart? Encouragement. It's the best medicine. Verse 13. But exhort or encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Are you hearing that today part? (laughs) Right? If the Holy Spirit's talking today, then today you answer. And here's the, the same thing. If you're going to encourage, do it how often? Once a week? Once a month? A church on Sundays? Christmas Eve service, maybe Easter, Good Friday. Every day! (laughs) Do you hear the Lord speaking? Daily, we need encouragement, right? Man, praise the Lord. I need encouragement today. And I can encourage somebody today. And today, I'm challenging you, before you even drive out of the parking lot today, encourage somebody today. All right? Hear the Lord's voice. We must encourage this each other. This is from Rod Cooper. He said, I'm strong on this quality of encouragement because someone got excited about my progress. I almost flunked the first grade. I was a terrible reader. We had three reading groups in my school. The highest group happened to be the owls. Of course, they were in the trees above everybody else. 
The next group happened to be the giraffes, head and shoulders above the rest of us. I was in the third group, the Humpty Dumpties. We were on the wall, off the wall, in the wall, and out. We just couldn't get it together. We struggled. My mom saw me coming home discouraged and down every day, and she started reading with me every night. I came home one day with a C on one of my papers, and I gave it to her, and she smiled and started to cry. She said, oh, Rodney, I'm so proud of you. And she made my favorite dinner and let me stay up late. I'm thinking, gee, if this is what a C will do, what do you think that did for me? (laughs) It spurred me on to want to do the best. And that's what encouragement does. It makes you want to move on when you feel like quitting. Well, I didn't make it to the owls. I did get to the giraffes, and I got out of first grade. And here I am. And today my mom introduces me and she says, this is my son. And she'll put her arm around me. This is my son, Dr. Cooper. Then she'll look at me and wink just to remind me from where I've come. Whoa, right? Have you ever felt like quitting and somebody just boosted you just enough to keep you going? Praise the Lord, amen? I hope you can hear the Lord today. Whoo, help me out here just a little bit. There are some people in our network of people, and some I want to mention by name today that I know and I love, and that they're on the edge of falling off the cliff. Can you hear me today? I'm so serious. And it may be just enough for you to text them or hug them or stop by their house and say, hey, you haven't forgotten you. I'm praying for you. I love you. Here's a meal. Here's a gift card. Here's a note of encouragement. Here's something that I saw you do in my life a long time ago. Thank you for what you did for me. Just that little bit may be enough to help them through a really hard time. All right. Please hear the spirit of the Lord today. I don't know who the Lord's putting on your heart, but I know he's putting it on mine and I need to follow through and make sure that I'm encouraging who I need to encourage even today. Okay. Again, every day, We should be seeking to encourage other believers. We don't know about tomorrow, so let us encourage today. If you're waiting to do something encouraging for a fellow Christian, don't wait. Encourage. A reminder again from this passage, sin that is left in the heart hardens the heart, so repent of the sin as soon as you see it. Don't let it find a home in your life. I don't want to gloss over that too quickly, but you hear what I'm saying there today? When you know you're doing something that is not pleasing to God, then you need to... to confess it for what it is right away and deal with it right away because if you don't what happens Eh, maybe later and then it it festers and then finally it starts to sink in and then it doesn't feel too bad and then it doesn't hurt at all and then that heart gets like a rock so as you get convicted by the holy spirit even today deal with it today all right the last section day is we have a hope our hope look down at verse 14 We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at first. As has just been said today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest? if not to those who disobeyed. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Our greatest hope is to share in Christ. Did you see verse 14 there? 
We have come to share in Christ. That is the greatest hope of any human being is to share in Christ. And we do so as soon as we put faith in him. And we will for now and for all eternity if we hold firm to the end. Again, I'm not saying this of my own opinion. Did you read that? That's in the word of God. Verse 14, if we hold firmly till the end. Can, can you speak to your hearts and mind a little bit this morning? Some of you guys have done some really great things for God. Seriously, you've done some wonderful things for God. But you got to finish, right? We got to finish. I mean, Rick back there could run a six-minute mile and we would, all of our jaws would drop, right? <laughs> but if he's in a marathon, what's the goal? He's got to finish, amen? Some of you have done a good job raising your kids and honoring the Lord and you've been faithful for a long time, but it can get mundane in certain stretches, can it? We got to finish strong. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep chasing after the Lord. Again, did you ever get to the point you were about to give up and somebody else's encouragement kept you going? This is from William Henson. This is so good. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of David Livingston. He's probably one of the most famous missionaries in Africa and just saw because of his work, there would be thousands of people would know Christ. And he shares, William Henson shares a story. He says, I think about David Livingston when he climbed into the pulpit of a little church in Scotland. He'd honed his sermon. He'd prepared it so well. He wanted to be a great preacher. He wanted to give his life on the mission field. And when he got up to preach that night, he flapped his wings, but he couldn't get off the runway. He tried, but finally he forgot his sermon altogether. So he apologized to the people and he left in great shame. But Robert Moffat, a famous missionary, was there. And Moffat came up to him after the service and said, you can be a great and wonderful servant of God. Why don't you go to medical school? And today you can't mention Africa without thinking about David Livingston. But what would have happened to David Livingston without Robert Moffat? <laughs> right? There may be a David Livingston in here, or there may be one back in that room. There may be one of my heroes would be Sarah Malone. There may be another Sarah Malone back in that room or in here. But what they may need is that encouraging word delivered by the Spirit of God through you to lift someone up. Today, encourage someone today. If you hear his voice when the Lord speaks, we are to obey. Do not hesitate. They, the Scripture speaks, were not able to enter the rest because of unbelief. And I think we've said this many times, but you guys know this. We are saved by grace through faith. And unbelief is what keeps us from God. Unbelief is the real problem. Our behaviors are a result of faith or unbelief. And that's why living in faith is so important. Faith is what pleases God. And unbelief is what angers him. Did you hear that? Boy, it can't get much simpler than that today. If you go to Hebrews 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is what pleases him. And here in Hebrews chapter 3, we see so clearly, unbelief is what angers the Lord. Which one are you going to choose today? Again, the warning is underscored in this passage. Unbelief will prevent you from entering into God's rest. Put your trust in God today and every day. One final little, quick little story here today to remind us about encouraging 
and continuing to the end. This is from Carol Porter. For years, William Wilberforce pushed Britain's parliament to abolish slavery. Discouraged, he was about to give up when his old elderly friend John Wesley heard of it from John's deathbed, he called for a pen and paper. And with a trembling hand, Wesley wrote this, unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Are all of them stronger than God? Oh, be not weary of well-doing. Go on in the name of God and in the power of his might till even American slavery shall vanish away before it. Wesley died six days later, but Wilberforce fought for 45 more years. And in 1833, three days before his own death, he saw slavery abolished in Britain. Even the greatest ones need encouragement. Isn't that good? But if God before you, who can be against you? Find out what the Lord wants and then don't quit, don't give up. Do that with passion and encourage each other today, all right? Let's stand. I hope the Lord has encouraged your heart today. I know he's encouraged mine. Do not, do not quit. Today's message is pretty simple and what I want to do, I'm gonna go to the piano and play like we normally do, but I would really like for you to think about someone that you could encourage today, Okay. And I'm not saying, I hope you encourage somebody this week, but I'm thinking today, Sunday, is there somebody that you can call or you can visit or you can text, or maybe you can even start working on something that you know is going to encourage them. But get a little bit out of your side of yourself today and figure out who you can encourage someone so that their heart won't be hardened with the temptations that are around them. All right. Let's take a little time together to pray this morning.